All right. It is Tuesday night. That means it's time for the big three. Now, got half of half the crew here. It's Dylan and myself. You know, Jordan and Jake taking care of some stuff. Couldn't be here tonight, but still got another great show for you. You know, we're going to have some MLB talk. Talk about XFL, which just came back under with the Rocks leadership now. And we also have, of course, some NBA because they have All-Star Weekend. I think this might be our first show without NFL. But we do have XFL, yeah. so at least we get football in there with that. And then the end of the show, have a new game that we're going to do, basketball reference. You know, I have a blank kind of career stats list, and then Dylan will try to guess the player. You'll see how that goes, and maybe it becomes a regular. Because we did the with the grid last week, so I'll probably try to switch it up, but... You know, we'll, we'll kind of see how that goes. I'm excited. Basketball stacks are going to be a little rough. Basketball stacks are going to be a little rough for me. I, I mean, I did three of them. I did the one that I thought was kind of easy, then moderate. The one that might be a little bit more difficult, but I think I think you'll get them. I, I think you got this one. But, um, you know, appreciate anybody tuning in. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe to Sports Empire Network. We have a lot going on. You know, we got articles going. We're going to have, you know, MLB stuff, WNBA, a lot of great things coming. So make sure you tune in. But before we get started with the show, Dylan, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. I'm coming off my 21st birthday. So that's that's big news. Um, but overall, I'm yeah. doing good. I mean, just watching what whatever's on. I thought the All-Star Weekend was pretty interesting. I, I thought, like, this has probably been one of my better ones, like one of the most, like, one of the ones that I've, like, actually enjoyed watching. The skills competition was the skills competition. But other than that, the three-point contest was interesting. Um, I mean, the dunk contest, obviously, a lot of people were liking the dunk contest, and that was probably due to Mac McClung. But overall, it wasn't a bad mm-hmm. dunk contest either. Um, the All-Star game was fun. We saw Jason Tatum break the record, you know, get MVP. Um, overall, it's been good. I mean, really getting into my college basketball grind now. March Madness is slowly approaching, so I'm definitely cracking down and trying to catch up on some games I missed due to the NFL season and just some other things. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm kind of in the same boat, and we're almost to the point of conference tournaments now. Yep. I think in women's basketball, Oklahoma's not in it. Have started, so. <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean, I mean, still in a better position than me where i watch mainly bc and umass they're basically 500 every year so they don't really have a shot yeah. at the tournament it's rough being an oklahoma fan because like like it's and this is just the whole big 12 and this is like the big 12 and anything it's like man we'll oklahoma will go out and beat like the sixth ranked team the number one ranked team alabama like we'll go out and beat these amazing teams in basketball and it's like man we're losing to like this crappy team to like by 11. It's like, oh, okay. Sure. Well, it's all for nothing. I mean, that's that's college basketball and college football yeah. as well. You know. Well, I mean, at least at least with you know college basketball, there's conference tournaments. Yeah. You know, this is what get 16, you an insta bid. Eight teams to get in. Maybe Oklahoma has a shot. You don't know. Hey, yep. Whereas, like, I mean, when it, when, when it gets to those tournament times, all you have to do is win. It doesn't matter what happened now. All, yeah. all, all that's in the future is winning. Yeah. Yeah, steal somebody else's bid. It's always Screw Kansas. Thing. I want their bid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it could happen. 
we've seen we've seen wilder runs in the conference tournament but um i think go ahead get started with mlb pitchers and mm-hmm. catchers have reported well, at least like the official date a lot of them kind of reported last week but looking at the mlb season there's been a few rule changes mainly for pace of play and all that so are you hyped for the new rules do you think it would make the viewing experience more enjoyable to you so let's go well, over the, the rules, rules real quick. I mean, like, yeah yeah definitely so do you want um, do you want to do have... it first because i don't i don't have a full list of it all but i'll get a full list real quick if you do me too okay well i know that there's the pitch clock where you know now once the pitcher gets the ball back from the catcher he's on the clock to deliver to the plate i believe they limited how many times the pitcher can throw over to first base during each at bat which i actually love that one as well Nothing worse than seeing a pitcher just lobbing over to first base, you know, three, four times just to waste time. Glad they're mm-hmm. cracking down on that. The bigger bases will be interesting to see opening day, but, you know, that's supposed to help with like bang, bang plays at first base, uh, second base, and all that. Also, I think they hope it increases steal base attempts. Uh, what's going on, Freddie? You know, I think that's that's a part of the game that definitely needs to come back because right now the teams are prioritizing guys who hit home runs and strike out because like, oh, if you hit a home run, we'll take the, you know, 200 strikeouts a year. I feel like maybe with these rules, along with the shift, which they're banning, which I believe it's, you can still kind of shift, but you can't put that guy in like short right, short left. Yeah. It says you need to have four people on the outfield, two in the infield. Uh, what's going on, Mick? What's up? How are you doing, to, doing it tonight? Oh, NXT. Uh, might have the wrong show there, but appreciate you tuning in. Yeah. That was, overall, I mean, okay. overall, how I feel about these MLB rules, I mean, man, on the offensive side, it's looking all nice on this offensive side. You know, we're about to see a lot more high-scoring games if we didn't see enough last season. So on the offset, mm-hmm. offensive side, it's definitely it's definitely going to be a lot easier for people to get steals, like we said, definitely having a bigger base. We're going to see a lot more or less double plays. We're going to see a lot less different stuff than what we're used to seeing because those smaller bases, like, at the end of the day, it's how how much bigger is it getting? Do you know the exact size? I'm looking at it and seeing if it will tell me. I was reading the pitch I clock one real fast. Say it's maybe like a inch or two. So now they're yeah, they're eighteen. They're eighteen inches. They used to be fifteen inches. So it's gonna be three inches squared all around. So man, I mean the Believe it or not, that's going to make a big difference when it comes down to it, when it comes to the game time, because those pickoffs, those running that close, that close to first base, you know, if you're safe or not, like those are like inches and, you know, an extra one is definitely going to help on the defensive side. You man, you got to feel for some of these players, you know, it's like some of these double plays that they're getting are the effort that that does take at the end of the day, regardless if it, they get it or not, is still pretty amazing. And now those opportunities are going to lessen. You know, it felt like even in the MLB now, it was fairly high scoring. And it's like, I'm not, again, I agree with the changes. Like, I like the pitch clock timer and stuff like that. And it's like, it feels like we're at a good point where people are hitting a lot of homers. You know, we're getting some pretty good high scoring games. And it's like, yeah, what can we do to better that? And it's like, it's on the defensive side, it's definitely going to make a lot more people work. It's definitely going to like, you're going to have like a lot more people like 
really try when it comes to that, the defensive end, which is also going to be very helpful. Um, I feel like these defensive awards, like, you know, like the golden glove and all this stuff is, I don't know, should be like more valued now, especially with how much the offense is getting a lot more, like, I wouldn't say leeway, but how the rule changes are helping them and affecting them in a specific way. Overall, I mean, you know, baseball is one of those games. People are like, it sucks to watch. It's boring. And they're like, okay, let's give you a reason to watch it now. And, you know, it's going to be interesting. I'm excited to see last year was like my first, like probably like full season where like I in depth, like tried to watch everything and get into it. So, you know, this year is going to be even like really more interesting now with all these rule changes. Yeah. And Brett has a great NBA question. Um, I will definitely remember this one when we get to NBA later in the show. Cause I do think, Especially with what happened today, it would be good to talk about you being a Hawks fan and me being in the Atlanta area, so I watch the Hawks a lot. So we'll definitely get into that for sure, Brett. But appreciate the question. Um, Yes, I agree with you. I feel like baseball kind of like dragged their feet in terms of pace of play, where a lot of fans were talking about the game was too slow, too long, and all that, and they slowly – made minor adjustments like ghost runner and over and um extra innings because if you're at a ballpark middle of june you don't want to be sitting there 17 18 innings you know you use the ghost runner maybe it only goes 10 11 you're fine you're gone you're going home now they don't do it in the playoffs because i mean i'd hate to be a playoff team and lose because of a ghost runner yeah agreed they did you know bulk pen guy comes in he has to pitch the three batters because we that kind of got away from the specialists, which a lot of the traditionists didn't like. But, you know, that's more time that's being wasted. You're bringing a guy to face one guy. That could be six, seven pitches, and then it's manager comes out, conference on the mound, bringing another guy. He comes in slowly. So they're slowly getting there, and I would like to see what the pitch clock how pitchers adjust because there's there are guys and I know one Kenley Jansen who signed with the Red Sox kind of slow to the plate so how will he be affected because it's you know if you go past the clock it's like an automatic ball and then if you continue to do it like you could end up walking a guy and you know that's not necessarily what you want to do as a reliever uh Anthony Price says making the pitcher pitch faster I like yeah I completely agree with that so with all those rules, is there a rule that you would have implemented that maybe the league hasn't thought of yet to, I guess, further grow the game? Like, do you have one? I mean, that's rough. Again, this is I'm starting to slowly learn baseball and right. stuff like that. Um, that That's rough. I mean, there was one thing I didn't like. I mean, I would say uh, definitely the pitch clock is one of my probably one of the rules i like the most when it comes down to it because there is a lot of time going between pitches and even that being said i do like the pickoff rule that they allowed as well too you can only attempt it three times and if you you don't get it the third time if it's unsuccessful the runner automatically advances which i find so fine you know i i hate sitting there waiting and throwing the ball at the first base like eight times in a row so i'm glad that they did something to implement that yeah just anything the pace wise you know um just want to see the game, you know, move a little quicker. And that's like, I love watching baseball, like, but like, I like watching it more like, you know, in a park because it feels so boring on a TV. And so, you know, if they're doing something to increase that pace of play, 
it's it's going to be interesting. You know, you got you want to get people to you know watch the game, and baseball mm-hmm. is one of those games that has like like I said earlier, bad reputation on trying to watch the games because it's deemed a boring sport. Like, so yeah, uh, yeah, anything pace of play. I think they're doing pretty good now. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about the defensive shifts or whatnot because some of those shifts could be strategic and could be helpful. But I mean, I get it. It does take time, but I don't know. What do you think? All right. So, well, let me get to Anthony real quick. Making the bases bigger is a good and bad thing. Good cut down on the injury with bad, easy to steal bases. Yep. That's, that is true. And plus that works in with the uh, pitch over amount. So if a guy throws over three times, well, I guess two times, and doesn't get you. He may be hesitant to throw over a third time. So now a guy on first could time it better knowing that he's probably going to go to the plate, which I do think is what baseball wants more action on the bases because the stationary, you know, guy hits a single. Next guy hits a single. Now it's first and second. Hit a single, first, second, and third. They'd rather see more of the first to third. Or you get on first, you steal second. Now a blue pit, you're going second to home, stuff like that. So I do agree with you, Anthony, that the bigger bases, that might be the, well, I wouldn't say the biggest adjustment because the pitch clock, pitchers got to adjust to that, but the bigger bases will be interesting to see how that is received. Because, yes, it does kind of cut down an injury because a lot of times first basemen get stepped on on their heel or something because guys running down the base. So now this definitely helps that. I'm interested to see what, what goes on. Now, I I guess to answer your question, Dylan, I know a lot of times some batters, when they're in the box and they step out, they kind of take a little bit longer than some you know, viewers would like. I guess that's something that they could do, which I'm not I can't remember if that's part of the new rules or not. But you know, some guys would step out, adjust their gloves, fix, you know look at their bat, fix their helmet, fix the gloves again, then step back in. That's probably one aspect that I'm interested to see how that is affected in all this as well. Um, all right, last, I guess my other baseball question for you. I mean, this might be odd because like I said, you're still kind of new to it, but face of the league, I feel like that's something that's brought up before every season. Who is the face of Major League Baseball? So I guess for you as a new newer viewer, who would you say is probably, I guess, face, you know, biggest superstar or whatever in baseball? So that's, man, so it, it's crazy. Like, I've kept up with baseball over the years, so I'm, I've not always known the bigger names. And, like, when you look at MLB compared to things like the NFL, even like just different sports all around. There's always kind of a guy. There's always kind of a guy there. You got the NBA. You got LeBron. You got Kevin Durant. You have those guys who are those current guys. You have the NFL. You know, you got you got Mahomes now. You had Brady. Um, you had those guys who were the current guys. And when you look at MLB, it's like, man, like they had they have their guys, but it's like their guys aren't really the guys who are winning. You know, for example, like you have like Bryce Harper. Now he's been doing good. Like they've had that Phillies had a great run. Um, Bryce Harper, I would say probably. Then you have like your Mike Trout, you know, it's like the Angels haven't been really good. But like, you know, Mike Trout's still that guy. When you think of the MLB, you probably think Mike Trout is one of those people. And it's like, man, you've got to put your Aaron Judges up there. It's like these guys is these guys who are like probably I would say just I don't it's it's rough. It's rough. I would say the guys who are like 
I'm trying to say just like prolific offensively is like what you really see when it comes to the MLB. Um, you even got your Shohei Otani's. It's like mm-hmm. if he was just a pitcher, like I don't imagine his name would be big, but since he can hit the ball, like that brings value to him. And it's like, man, it seems like we just a new person like arises and they kind of stay there for like a 10, 15 years type of thing. And that's kind of how it works in the MLB. It's like Aaron Judge since his rookie season has kind of just, you know, been there he's always kind of been like one of those names you hear about it same with like mike trout like bryce harper and even like Shohei. it's like he was that guy overseas and then like when he came here his name is kind of just like stuck so i don't know it's really tough i mean i would want to say astros players but the astros kind of leave a sour taste in a lot of people's mouths um it's really kind of hard to think of a face from there um you know yeah, it's really tough. I would say your prolific offensive guys really get kind of the credit. Yeah, yeah I agree with what that. What about you? I would think maybe Otani, for for the reason you said, because of his pitching and hitting aspect. Also, he, I believe, is set to be a free agent next season, mm-hmm. next offseason. So I feel like this whole year, maybe the, the, the narrative is going to be would Otani stay in LA with a bigger market? I mean, LA is a big market, but like would a Red Sox or a Yankees or a Mets or something go he after said Red him? Sox first? Well, he I mean, said, hey, I mean, I've seen the rumors about, you know, them wanting to be in play for him, but you know, I think that's going to be the talk of the season. So I think because of that, Otani will probably definitely be it. And also, yeah, like sports judge. Jonathan was going on yeah he's a global figure that definitely helps in terms of being the face of the league so I would say Shohei but I do agree with you you know Aaron Judge coming off of the record-breaking year last year he's up there Bryce Harper uh, Trout because of his five tools and all that is, is always there but it's also a sign of baseball still kind of struggling in terms of marketing players because there's a lot of great talent around baseball. Yeah. It's just that a lot of guys don't understand or they don't see them or anything like that. Like, you, you like have a tier of guys. Yeah. yeah, you have, like, a tier of guys. Like, it's, it's so weird in the MLB because there's, like, so many great talents. It's just, like, mm-hmm. they're not getting pushed. Like like you said, Jose Ramirez, like, a perfect one. Um, Like, it's weird. It seems like a lot of the younger guys get more hyped than like some of the stars who aren't just in smaller markets who aren't just getting credit. Like, for example, like no shame to any of these players I'm about to mention. But like, for example, you have like your Jazz Chisholm's like great player, great star. But like, is he really that great yet? And it's like it seems like he's being talked about more compare in comparison to some of these other guys. Like, again, Julio Rodriguez, great talent, had a great season. But there is still really other good guys out there in the league that are probably posting up better numbers that aren't getting as talked about as much. And that's definitely due to the MLB not like hyping up their low market stars, for example. You know, if you're not playing in an L.A., you're not playing in a New York, you're not playing in a Los Angeles like sorry, try to make your own name like we're not going to help you out because all of our marketing's going to these bigger names and these big markets because that's where we get our money yeah that's a good point uh so gene checking in hey, what's going on gene and yes it's it's dylan and myself tonight you know jake sure. and jordan have some stuff to take care of but we're, we're holding it down for sure sure but um yeah i mean 
and also with baseball, I guess one last thing to talk about. I feel like I read somewhere that, you know, baseball, they're um, like TV and all that. A lot of it's tied to Valley sports and apparently like Valley sports is going bankrupt. Yeah. And like MLB network is, isn't like available on YouTube and all this kind of stuff. And it's like, that's another aspect where baseball really falls behind in terms of social media, you know, NBA, NFL, they're like prevalent on there. For some reason, baseball's been lacking in that aspect. And uh, let's see, hold on, Gene, still. Hey, love you too, Gene. No, you love my you guy. too, Gene. But um, I, I want to see if the Valley Sports thing, if they really do go bankrupt. Like, what's MLB's plan? I know um, they're on Apple. They 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 do stream games right, off yeah, Apple sure. and. Love it. I love it. I've watched some games off of Apple and like I I like it. They have like the live stats in the corner. Mm-hmm. They got the live betting odds. Like they're doing so they're doing something good with that. Like they're what they're doing over there is fine. But I agree, like not being on like, for example, I have YouTube TV, so I can't watch a lot of baseball games. So it's yeah. like you know. I mean, maybe the Bally Sports thing forces them to finally kind of dive into that um side of viewership. Because that could only grow your game. Like we've seen others. Exactly. Like, why wouldn't you want to be on everything? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Gene says way better than Prime. I'll tell you that much. I mean, yeah. Because I've seen a couple of games on Apple TV as well, and I do like their their layout and their you know the presentation. I do like that, so I give them a lot of credit for that. Definitely. All right. I mean, you have anything on baseball before we move on? Nope, spring training's coming up, which is pretty exciting, you know. I'm excited yeah. to see, you know. Of course, I'm a Blue Jays fan. You being a Red Sox fan, you know, we're going to we're gonna be button heads a little bit. Jordan being a Yankees fan as well, too. We're going to be all button heads a little bit. And what's uh, Jake's team? Did he tell us Jake? what his baseball team was, or did he not? I think he did. I can't remember. For some reason, I want to say Marys, but that doesn't sound right. I thought, I thought, I thought that or the Rockies. I thought the Rockies. Who knows? Well, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But I know, for example, me, you, and Jordan, we're going to be button heads all season because we all play in the same conference. So uh, it's going to be very interesting. I'm I'm excited, you know. Go Blue Jays. Right. Yeah. I mean, my Red Sox have an interesting year ahead of them. Mm -hmm. You know, Bogart's leaving. Devers resigns. But a lot of people in Boston aren't happy with Heim Bloom. So this will be a big year for him. And I think Alice Cora as well. Because, yeah, he won the World Series a couple of years ago, but also the last place finish last year did really help him. But like you said, baseball's just getting started. We definitely be button heads with three of us with the AL East teams. Mm-hmm. But we also saw the, I guess, rebranding of the XFL this weekend. Now under the Rock's leadership, well, a group headed by the Rock, I guess, so, first question, did you watch any games? You watch all the games, caught a couple of games. How many games did you did you catch from the XFL weekend? Uh, I watched I watched the Seattle game on Sunday. I watched there was only four games. So I watched the Seattle game, I watched the Vegas, and I believe they played at Arlington, and then I watched I believe the Orlando Houston. The only one I didn't get to watch was the St. Louis game. And that's because I was out eating dinner. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I caught um I think I caught a little bit of the St. Louis game. There's another game. I can't remember. I'll probably, I'll definitely watch more of it this weekend. 
coming up, but what what's your thoughts on the product? Like, I mean, like it's, it it's I, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like overall, the rule changes seemed fun. I mean, it's not. It didn't. It, of course, it had a little bit of different flow than the NFL. Obviously, everything wasn't as crisp. Not all. Not everything was like ran to a T. You know, but overall, I mean. It was it was an enjoyable product. I mean, definitely one of the first games having a massive comeback. You know, mm-hmm. game winning touchdown definitely definitely brings up the viewership value. But overall, I thought it was good. I like the rule changes. I like you being able to go for a three pointer, which obviously it worked for one of those teams. Um, and then also the same team. I believe it was uh, the team AJ McCarron was on. I can't remember. He was on. The, the, it was the Renegades, right? I think it was the was it the Renegades yeah, or was it the against? Um, yep. Jack like cone or something. Yeah. 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 But like they had that fourth and fifteen for uh the, the the onside kick. They converted it. So it's like, man, these rules like that were very interesting, obviously seem to work. And me as a fan, I know a lot of people like like the tradition of doing the onside kick and whatever, but I like it. I like it. I mean, I would have to give it more weeks. I can't say like this is like a great product and everyone needs to go watch it. It definitely does not have the same feel as an NFL. Just and that's just because a talent too. It's a new league. You got to let everyone kind of feel the flow of it. It's going to take some time. But overall, like I feel like it has promise. You know, as long as it doesn't go bankrupt. But I mean, it seemed like the Rock and the ownership group that is with it really wants to make it into something and it seems like overall i like it you know just got to give it a couple more weeks yeah i definitely agree with that um you brought up some of the new rules the kickoff rule which i know i said last guy had to see it in action i'm not mad at it having them standing five yards apart you know the kick comes can't move until it's actually caught you know that way you're cutting down on guys running full speed like 50 yards at you and just launching at you. So I think that that is a rule I could see making its way to the NFL at some point. The punt one, a little bit more interesting because now if you punt it like out of bounds inside the 35, it automatically goes to the 35. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that one because I feel like as a punter, if you punt it out, out of bounds like inside the five, that should be rewarded instead of losing 30 yards or 30 plus yards and bringing it back to the I agree to a sense. I agree to the sense, but I hate the punts that go like, you know, could go to that 20 or 30, but are like 10, 15 yards out of bounds. It's like, well, that's not really fair. Like in a sense, if the ball hits the ground, I feel like, I feel like that rule should apply if the ball hits the ground and rolls out, like you should get it at that yard line. For example, if it's in play and it rolls to the three and goes out of bounds, you have to play it at the three. But if you punt the ball and it lands out of bounds, I can see a sense where you can make a rule that would be different outside of like, you know, it being a touchback. Yeah, I guess that, yeah, that'd probably be a good compromise. I mean, I get what they're wanting to do. They're, they hear all the talk about, you know, kickoffs and punts going away in the NFL. So they were like, you know, we'll do something about that. Now in punts, we're forcing you to basically punt in the middle of the field. So the punt return is always going to be there. And the kickoff, like I said, with them being five yards apart, you know, you make a couple of moves, you break that first line. It's just you and a kicker, wide open space. And those two plays are two of the more exciting plays in football. So you don't necessarily want to see it leave. So I yeah. like the XFL's at least trying stuff like that. 
Yeah, I like um, me a good kick return for a touchdown. I like me a good punt yeah. return for a touchdown. I don't want to get. I don't want to see yeah. them go away. And it's like, it like these return, like some of these players, like sorry, like your returners, like you guys, you guys make money being a great returner. Like we've had players like Devin Hester, like, like Devin Hester wouldn't be Devin Hester without punt returning and kick returning skills, like those opportunities. So, never don't get rid of them. I'd be very upset if they did that. One. Yeah, I agree. I definitely agree with that. Um, all right, so looking at the XFL being new, what do you think is best case scenario for the league? I mean, man, if I, I would have to say best ways? case scenario, I would say it becomes like a NFL G League in a sense, not even so much where you have young guys going in there. It's just like it's a league where you basically you don't have to send anybody down there. But in a sense, it's for these players who don't want to play for practice squads, you know, don't want to do this, don't want to do that, and would rather, like, try to actually, like, improve their craft playing, like, game time. Because I don't think a lot of people realize this. It's like, if you're not great at NFL game speed, it's like, a lot of the times you're getting practice reps, you're not even getting game reps. And, like, the XFL can be something like, hey, man, if you're just struggling, like, with game speed time, like, hey, like, play a couple games down here. The competition's going to be lesser. It's not going to be an actual NFL season and just different things like that. I mean, overall, I think what they would want is I imagine they would want to expand more teams. You know, what are they at eight right now? I imagine they probably would want to go to 16, probably get a little bit bigger, probably hit some more markets, probably get some more TV deals and things like that. Um, but overall, just be successful, make money and what every company, every league would want. But I think overall, you know, working with the NFL would probably be their goal. I mean, at least trying to not so much have like a like like I said, it doesn't have to be like a G League in a sense, but in a partnership to where like, you know, maybe there are some players on NFL rosters who aren't just cutting it can just go down to the G League and it kind of just be a smooth not G League, but the XFL and it kind of be like a smooth transition for them and different things like that. Just give players opportunities because the NFL isn't for any everybody at the like start of it. You know, we have when it comes to draft comps, who NFL ready players and different things like that. Sometimes those aren't players like that. So just in a sense, just part, probably partnered with the NFL, you know, something to improve the game. Cause if these rules, we start to like them, like you, for example, the kickoff rules, we like the punt rules, anything like that. Like we, I imagine we would love to see them in the actual game of a lot of us fans who are watching the XFL and a lot of us football fans who just think this rule is just like nice overall. Why not implement it to the NFL? Let's see how it works. It's like, again, I, I don't want to keep saying G League, but the NBA has done a great job with it with their G League, like doing rules there, seeing how it works down there. And then it's like and including the summer league. And it's just like, let's see how it works here. And if it does work, let's try for doing it in the NBA. And I always bring up like the coaches challenge is a perfect example of that. And yeah, I mean, I imagine they just probably would want to just improve the brand of football. I mean, all these dudes are getting new opportunities. I mean, before the XFL, who thought AJ McCarron was going to, who we thought we were going to see AJ McCarron play football like that again, you know, and uh, just a bunch of these just different like undrafted guys as well are getting an opportunity to play and like, show scouts show other nfl teams like hey i'm here like after this after this xfl season you know the nfl season's coming up i'll i'll be ready i think that's a great opportunity for him you know i imagine you know who donald parham is a great example i love i like i like me some donald parham like Mm -hmm. he was he was he a was what was he was he xfl he wasn't the first xfl he was whatever that other league was the afl i don't remember whatever it was called i mean um the usfl 
yeah, the USFL. I, I believe he was a member of one of them on the USFL, and now he's like a mainstay tight end on the Chargers. Might not be a great tight end, but like obviously his performances in those type of leagues got him a shot in the NFL. And I'm not saying that's I think could be possible for any guy down there. So, yeah. especially yeah. these young guys who play in the XFL. Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with that as well. If if it turns into like every season you know, a handful of guys move from the XFL to the NFL, then I think they're doing really good right, job yeah. in that case. And then with that, you know, the NFL will look to them as a, you know, feeder system. Now I do have a question of if there was a kid who necessarily went to college or whatever and didn't want to wait the three years out of college to get to the NFL. And you start seeing a lot of those guys go to the XFL. Like, would you be upset with that? Like, would you think that might lead to issues with the XFL or? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think at the end of the day, like one, the XFL does is in pain as much as that 53 man roster NFL contracts sure. probably paying you. So I imagine my money talks for a lot of these guys. And at the end of the day, some of these guys just want to play football. And if they don't think they're going to be able to play at the NFL and they just are like, Hey, let me ball out here. Like I'll take whatever I can get, you know? let them i mean but i imagine i imagine the money is pretty far off for these guys and a lot of people care about how their money is nowadays mm-hmm. so i imagine they'd be like you you talk, tell your agent like i'm thinking the xfl and he would show you three more digits on your on your first check and you'd kind of be like maybe the nfl's a little my way i could sit on the bench for a year or so yeah well i think i was looking at it from the g league perspective where we're seeing guys now straight from high school go to the g league instead of going the cal the college route so We've seen a lot of college guys. They'll go to a school. It may not go yeah. their way, and they enter the transfer portal and keep bouncing around till they find the right the opportunity. Could we see some of those guys? I think it. I think. I think it's a possibility. I mean, you know, you're giving them. You're giving these 19, 20 year olds. I don't think right out of high school probably should be the way. I feel like you got to put an age limit. Maybe at like 20 or something is when you want to make like the age requirement for something like that. I wouldn't say straight out of high school, you can go to the XFL, but like, I don't, if you put it like a 20 age limit and you're like, Hey man, like, I'm not really liking this. Let me go ahead and like play with some of these former NFL guys, some of these former, former college standouts, you know, players like me, I could see it as a good opportunity, you know, not going through the college route would definitely be a lot rougher way to do it. But, you know, if you can make your name and make a name for yourself doing it through the XFL route, like, why shouldn't you why shouldn't you get your props? Like, I'm sorry if I'm if a former NFL cornerback is covering me who played, you know, six, seven years in the league might not have been a, the best, but he was still an NFL quarterback, a cornerback, a starter. And if I torch him for 150, 200 yards, I feel like at the end of the day, like that still speaks, you know. He's yeah. got training by some of the best. I mean, overall, I guess it's just how you view things because a lot of people could just be like, yeah, they're playing like old veterans who can't play in the actual NFL anymore. And it's like, well, to each their own. You're playing against college kids who have the same skill as you in the college. So, Right. Yeah, I mean, hey, game tape is game tape. And exactly. I do think the age thing, yeah, that, that probably would have to factor in. Like if it's a guy who goes through freshman, sophomore year, and maybe they don't want yeah. to go through the grind of the junior year that they have to play in order to be draft eligible if they turn that junior year into an XFL year to try to get into the league that way. Yeah, I I, I could definitely see players doing that. Especially like if maybe you're a kid who gets 
dismissed from school or whatever for whatever, for whatever reason instead of kind of sitting around until draft eligible and hoping to get into the league you go to the xfl put some tape out there and then when yeah. you are eligible a team could pick you up yeah so i i think that probably would factor into their maybe best case scenario as well College i imagine I, I, I want that to happen but i i i gotta see let's have a successful season let's see how that works and then maybe talk about an expansion like maybe go 10 teams at the end of like you know I feel like that that's what they'll want to do. And I hope it's successful, you know. Football's football. And if I can get it almost year round, I'll take it. Right. Yeah. I, I want to see Josh Gordon catch touchdowns. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they fit in perfectly because they, you know, I guess they, they start like right after the NFL season. Mm-hmm. I believe they finish right before USFL gets started. And then USFL kind of takes you up until training camp. Like, so, like you said, you if you want to watch football all year, now you have a path to it, and I think a lot of NFL fans will will definitely be happy about that. It's weird having two football leagues though. Like man, right. XFL, USFL. Like, when do you guys buy each other? Make it easier on all of us. Who knows? We we may end up at that point in a couple of years. Who knows? Um. All right. I mean. Like I said, until XFL kind of gets more into it, probably talk about it a little bit more. Because there are some guys that are recognizable, like you said, Josh Gordon. I mean, AJ McCarron, when I saw him, and I was like, oh, yeah. You know, Davis Bryant. Yeah, yeah. So that definitely works for them that they have recognizable names that are in the league. I mean, I saw Brian Hill, and I was like, Brian Hill, that name rings a bell. I was like, oh, yeah, Falcons running back. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't that great of a running back, but. They even have, like, undrafted guys like Puka Williams, like the Kansas running back. Like, Mm -hmm. he's on one of them. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm definitely with you that I hope they they have, like, a right plan of action. It lasts for a few years. Well, I mean, not a few years, but lasts for years and becomes, like, a legitimate secondary league to the NFL. All right, so on to NBA, and I guess before we go to All-Star Weekend stuff, I guess we could talk about Brett's question from earlier. So the news of the day was uh, Nate McMillan relieved of duties in Atlanta. So now another coach that seemingly Trey Young hasn't gotten along with and has lost their job along with Lloyd Pierce. Was he there with Mike Woodson? I think he had Budenholzer? Maybe. And now Nate Trey Young? Yeah. It was Budenholzer. No, Trey Young's only had Trey Young's only had Pierce and McMillan. McMillan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I forgot about that. But you know, Pierce, when he was relieved of duties, and we later found out that he and Trey Young didn't get along. We heard about Nate McMillan earlier in the season, their little confrontation when I think Trey was rehabbing and Nate McMillan didn't necessarily like how he was rehabbing or something like that. But to Brett's question, do you guys think there's a way to build around Trey Young in Atlanta or will his defense always be too much of a hindrance? I mean, mm. I mean, I'll, I feel like, uh, I don't want to always say that there's not a way there's there, there is probably a combination of NBA players out there that could be built around Trey Young to be good. I'm like not making build be such a hindrance. And that doesn't even mean all superstars, but like 
who knows? Um, you know, this is going to be his third coach, so we'll see how it is. You know, he's been in the league since 2018, so, you know, he's had four years, two coaches. Eh. But we'll see. You know, Quinn Snyder's kind of on that list of coaches that they want. Um, I can't think of who else. It was Quinn Snyder. Damn, I had a – there was a list. They already dropped, like, the short list of people that they wanted. But overall, um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, you know, this Hawks team is kind of interesting, um, especially being a Hawks fan. It's like we don't really know what we're kind of doing. Um, you know, we thought, you know, getting DeJounte Murray would be helpful, and it's been very helpful. But it's like Trey Young hasn't really kind of been here the whole time to help. Um, we've been having problems with our coaches. And it's like we might have something going, but it's like – we just have other factors kind of stopping us. Like also the bunch of John Collins news, you know, Trey Young's not happy with that. And it's just yep. like, you know, maybe like you, you've said it, you've said this multiple times, but like maybe the Easter conference, like finals definitely warped their view. You, you know, you thought maybe Trey Young was a lot better than he was. He was kind of getting that villain role with New York. You know, he outplayed the, outplayed the 76ers, you know, maybe Ben Simmons had something to do with why they lost that game. But overall, you know, they still beat the 76ers and, you know, maybe we kind of, shine the Hawks in a little different light because it's like, hey, like, you made the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, you beat you beat some pretty good teams. Like, congrats. And then, then, then they almost beat the Bucks. So it's like they took them to six games. So it's like, you know, we definitely had a, a warped view on the Hawks. And it's like now that, you know, people know how to play Trey Young, you know, the Heat shut them down in the playoffs last season easily. Um, you know, it's kind of like maybe Trey Young's kind of like, oh, maybe I'm not as good as I am. Or it's like, you know, the coach is changing stuff. So it's like, that's why I'm not doing good anymore. Or it's like, you're doing this. This is why we're losing. It could be a, a plethora of different things. Um, I, is there a possibility you could build something around Trey Young? I think so. And I feel like, you know, I, I still think DeJounte Murray could be that good guard to be paired up next to him, you know. Not saying it was the coach's fault, not saying it's Young's fault, but maybe there's something. Maybe there's something that you, the a new coach could bring, you know, that will make things click. You know, maybe he could say some advice that Trey Young's like, oh, I never thought about that way before, or a pl- again, a plethora of different things that could happen. But I do, I do think it's possible. You know, if you like the game that much, if Trey Young is, is committed, you know, I feel like if you really wanted to, he could figure something out. And if a coach is really committed to wanting to make the Hawks work, you know, it could work. You know, we we don't expect runs. We don't expect teams to make championship runs or different things that happens. And it just turns out to, you know, things just click either with the coach or the players and runs happen. So I, I think it's possible. You just got to give it time. It's one of those things that it's Evan and any given game, you know, you know, one game Trey Young could just figure it out or like any player could just figure it out. And that's just how it is. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I've been one of those who's been maybe overly critical of Trey Young because, you know, I I wasn't necessarily a fan of the Luca for Trey Young draft night trade. I mean, we see it now. Luca's another guy that may not necessarily be the easiest to build around, but I do think it's probably easier to build around Luca than Trey because I mean Luca is a bigger guy as a lead guard. And Trey Young, a lot of times in the playoffs, when it becomes more physical as a smaller guy, you know, that's where the struggles are. But I do think the Murray acquisition, I like that. Only issue was you now have to figure out between Murray and Young, who's the who's the guy on the ball more often? You know, do you do you value Murray off the ball with Young having the ball in his hands? 
or do you swap it around and have Murray with the ball, have Young off the ball, be like a, you know, Clay Thompson type where Clay plays off the ball a lot. He still gets his shots, but he's at least engaged. I've seen a lot of times when Trey Young is off the ball, he is like disinterested until you feel, until you give him the ball and he can kind of dance with it. He kind of just stands around and I don't know what coach you bring in to come up with a system that works for Murray's game as well as Trey Young, because Murray, I feel like is more dynamic on the ball. He's also longer and more athletic. So you'd rather have him on the ball, but if it's going to be to the detriment of Trey Young, then it kind of doesn't work. Now, defensively, as Brett brought up, you're kind of stuck with what you're getting. I mean, I don't Mm -hmm. see Trey Young all of a sudden becoming better defensively. Agreed. Now, can you hide him defensively? I think Murray does help you in that case where, you know, Murray can take on the better backcourt guy from the opposing team. Only problem is the way that teams play offense now where they're pick and roll all the time. You can just, you know, seek out Trey Young on defense. And then that becomes the issue. Now, that puts more pressure on Capella or a Kongwu at the at the rim to now step up. So I've always said I don't know if Trey Young could be the best player on a championship team. Could he be a number two? Yeah, I think he could. Problem is in Atlanta, they want Trey Young to be the guy. And until they kind of come off of that, I I just don't see how they build around him and how they build a consistent winner in Atlanta. Because, yes, they made the Eastern Conference Finals run, but they're not better than Boston. They're not better than Milwaukee. You know, Philly has had their own playoff issues, but if you look at it, you would take Maxi and Bede. I mean, depending on what version of Harden you get, you would take that over Atlanta. Um, you know, Miami has shown in the playoffs that they are the kryptonite for Trey Young, so you would take them. So Atlanta's always going to be in that group with, like, the Knicks, the Nets now with no KD and Kyrie, you know, Toronto, that kind of group, that second or third tier, like, East team. A team that could, like, maybe win it, maybe upset, like, a team in the mm -hmm. series, but that's about it. Yeah, I mean, there. I just think that there's a ceiling with a Trey Young-led Atlanta team in – I guess the next coach is going to be interesting because they've gone through this before. And oh, what's going on, Coach Dante? We have a time about Trey Young and whether Atlanta can build around him. But the next coach is going to be pivotal here. This will be Trey Young's third coach. You gotta, you have to make the right hire. I don't know whether it's because um, you said what uh, Quinn Snyder. I yeah, think that would be interesting. Interesting hire, yeah. but they'll, they'll probably hear the regular names like, "Oh, go get Mark Jackson, go get Jeff Van Gundy, or whatever." Go get Frank Vogel, right? Frank Vogel or Mike D'Antoni, which I think Brett put in the group chat. Which I mean, for Mike D'Antoni, he's a brilliant offensive mind who doesn't care about defense. Maybe that's the way you need to go unlock something with Trey Young in the offense where you're scoring 130 a game. You might give up 128, but at least you're winning. So uh, I'm interested to see who is on their short list, 
who they bring in and how serious are the names that they bring in. Like if they bring in Mike D'Antoni and a bunch of random guys, they'll be like, okay, obviously it's D'Antoni's job if he wants it. But if they make this like a serious search with Quinn Snyder, D'Antoni, um, I don't know if Mark Jackson actually worked there. I kind of feel like Trey Young doesn't want necessarily the disciplinarian defensive type of coach. So I don't think Mark Jackson would fit there, but Dan Tony Quinn Snyder, I could I could definitely see that. But I don't know, Atlanta's in an in interesting Okay, so interesting. I, now I found the list I was looking for. Okay. It was Quinn Snyder, Kenny Atkinson, and Charles Lee, the Bucks assistant. Where there's the, those are the top three they're eyeing right now with uh, Jordy Fernandez, the Kings assistant, and Spurs assistant Mitch Johnson as also being considered. But the top three are Snyder, Atkinson, and Charles Lee. I like Kenny Atkinson. I thought I thought he kind of got a raw deal in Brooklyn. I feel like he's a good young coach that would work well with a team that's you know not necessarily. Um, championship like driven or the expectations not there. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good guy you can bring in and kind of build a bit of a culture with and grow with him. I I I kinda like that. And I like Quinn Snyder, Atkinson. I have I have no problem if they brought him in. But I, I feel like I'm glad Atkinson would get a shot at at the job. Yeah, I'm glad he's definitely yeah, you, like those coaches that just kind of get like the raw end of the deal type of thing. Like, not necessarily you were a bad coach; you were just in a bad situation, and right. you know, you you hope those coaches get opportunities to dig in. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was a good question for you, Brett. Uh, so now, going to All Star Weekend, and then sure. I guess we'll talk a little bit about the buyout market. But so All Star Weekend came and went. Um, I think there's. I don't know. I feel like this weekend you're getting different opinions. There's some who like the weekend, love it, fine. Then there seems like a group that's kind of upset with the All-Star game itself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's probably valid because we saw zero defense other than like the Jalen Brown Tatum one-on-one for two seconds. And it had me thinking, is the NBA All-Star game at a point where the NFL Pro Bowl was before they switched to the flag football where they just kind of have to do something to fix it? Um, I mean, I don't I don't know. Uh, it does suck. It does suck that like it, it's it's so different with that baseball and football because like not baseball, I mean, basketball and football. Um. Like, because with the football, I get why they're doing what they're doing. Like, there's more risk of injuries, you know, if they're playing tackle football, you know. Um, Also, these guys are, like, technically in their offseason. They can't afford to get these injuries. And I also do get that on the NBA side. You would hate to lose your all-star player in the all-star game because he got injured in the middle of the season. So in the NFL sense, it's like, well, I'm not going to be able to work out and, you know, train. You know, if I tear my ACL in the Pro Bowl, like, I'm probably not playing the regular season. Um, and the NBA side, you know, if you get injured in the All-Star game, um, 
you're your team's all-star caliber player. That's going to be very hurtful, you know, in that second half of the run. So I, I, I do, I do get, you know, the concerns of like, people are like, this, this sucks. They don't play defense. Like I want more competitive basketball. And I do get that there should all there, there needs to be a compromise in a sense. And it's like, you know, the last couple of years, we've been getting that fourth quarter of the all-star game where like, we actually got to see like pretty aggressive basketball. Maybe you do that for two quarters. Maybe I know, and I know the twenty-four for Kobe Bryant. Maybe you make the second, make make the third quarter a different score. You know, try to make it to where I get teams pay money for charity, but like make there some sort of incentive on the line as well too, because like you see, t- you see them players play hard in that fourth quarter because it's like, oh, this is this is the final one. We have a target score. It's like, so I don't know. Um, it's interesting. I I really I did enjoy like some of the moments in the all-star game like some of the scoring stuff was cool but also at the same time like it just really felt like they were walking and just like you know let's chuck up this shot you know let's chuck up this shot like i saw joe on the beach shoot a lot of threes that game that's not something he's doing normally so it's like i don't know it's like it, it, it it's it's to each their own i guess there could be ways you could fix it but those ways you could fix it you know could be more detrimental in the long run as well too. So it's always going to be interesting, especially since it's in the middle of the season. And the last thing you want to do, like I said, is get your star player hurt in the middle of the season. Right. I feel like, like for the NBA All-Star game, it's, it's not even like a high bar that they have to meet. Like if you told me the guys are out there and we just got a bunch of one-on-one matchups with guys showing off their handles you know, taking fadeaways or whatever. I feel like fans would like that because, you know, a few years ago, which is what a lot of people were referencing when Kobe was guarding LeBron and he was like D'ing him up. If that's all we got were just a bunch of one-on-one matchups throughout the game, fine. Man, something I would like to see is like not even one-on-ones in a sense because like I think you need to like get all the – all do three-on-three, do a three-on-three tournament. You know, you got 30 guys selected, right? That's 10 teams. That's 10 teams. You can do like you, you can do like a little competition number draw or something. Two teams get a buy, you know, make a fan voted buy or something like that. Do a little three on three tournament to 21. Each game goes to 21. I feel like it would be appreciated. I would enjoy that, you know, like, for example, seeing like Jaw, LeBron James and Joel Embiid on a three on three team against like Damian Lillard, Kevin Durant and Nikola Jokic. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I would, I, I wouldn't mind watching that. You know, games to twenty-one, games to eleven, make the final twenty-one. Like it doesn't even have to be anything too crazy. But you know, these, yeah. these, these guys, these guys have crazy talent, and it, it, and like they do show them off with all those fancy and flashy dunks and stuff like that. But that's because nobody's guarding you. Like yeah. I could go out there, I could go out there, and if you give me eighteen tries, I'm hitting a couple wide open threes, and I'm. Does that make me an NBA All Star? Like, can I go come play in the game now? Right. Yeah. I mean, that I think that's a really good point because that's where a lot of people were just so disgusted with it. Was like a guy comes across half court and it's like everybody just stands at its side and just goes, "Go ahead, make a layup, try out a dunk contest type dunk." And then we'll just throw the ball in and we'll do the other thing. On, we'll do the same thing on the other end. And I get it. It's for the fans and everything. But I'd like to see a little bit of effort at least. Uh, Eric says they need to move the All-Star break to January. There's only 22 games left. I, I mean, that 
Make it I more mid-season. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if that really fixes the problem because once again, like the NFL Pro Bowls at the end of the year, this one's still in the middle of the season, and guys don't want to risk, you know, an injury in an All Star game when your team could possibly win a title, which is kind of crazy to say because it's always been in the middle of the season, and there was effort way back, you know, '90s, '80s, whatever, and then at a certain point, it just stopped for whatever reason. And I honestly, I don't know. I do think it was good that some of the young players kind of spoke up about load management and stuff like that. So Anthony Edwards, the man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's all like Anthony Edwards. I think like Jalen Brown said something. Um, I think Mike Malone as well. And I, I feel like that's probably where it's going to start with the younger players having that mentality Maybe that fixes it. I, I, I don't know. It's it's an NBA yeah. problem for sure. Yeah, I definitely like what Anthony Edwards said. Basically, like, these people like are probably scraping enough money for their only NBA game they'll probably go to, like, and you're sitting out. Like, just play mm-hmm. if you're not actually yeah. hurt. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Like, if you're, like, 60%, 70%, just play. Because, you know, the kid wants to see you. And I think I saw like a TikTok video of a fan who was talking to LeBron and LeBron wasn't playing in the game. And he was like, hey, me and my kid, this is our only chance to see you. You're not even playing. We want our money back. And like LeBron just kind of looked at him. But I was like, if that becomes more of the narrative for the NBA, I mean, people are already asking Adam Silver about the whole load management thing and what he's going to do about it. I mean, I don't even know how you really fix that because the league has done a lot. There's not a lot of back-to-backs anymore. Not a lot of three games and four nights. It's a longer all-star break. I mean, how much more can they really do in terms of the schedule yeah. to make these uh, guys play for? I don't know, man, because it's, it, it, it's rough because it's really just hard. Like, because if you, if you don't, if you just take out, like, you know, like a rest day or whatever you're going to want to call it, they could just put it down. He has a shit injury for that day. And, you know, really, it could just be a rest day again. And it's like, I don't know. In a sense, it's just, it's, it's weird. It's like, because you can't necessarily, I, like, I don't want to say you dock the, these guys pay because you never know at the end of the day if it's an actual energy or injury or not. But, like, man, like, I, I really, I do really feel for those fans that save all that money to go to a LA game. That's not cheap. Like, like in all these different games and stuff like that, not to see, you know, their their son's favorite player, their favorite player, their daughter, you know, your favorite players play. And it's like, feels pointless. Like I didn't come here to watch, you know, Troy Brown Jr. play. Sorry. Like I wanted to see LeBron play. Mm-hmm. And especially if you're a fan of a team that's not really playing well. Like if you're a Hornets fan, you know, one of the worst records in the league, <clears throat> you have the Lakers coming into town. You're like, that's the game I'm going to. I get to see LeBron play, blah, blah, and then LeBron sitting on the bench. It's like, well, now what am I supposed to do? Watch this team that stinks against not the guy that I wanted to see. So, it, I mean, I I wonder if you could do something where, you know, if you want to do load management, then you have to miss X number of games. See, because what? Like, I know they have an all-star week, too. Yeah. They have. I know they have an All Star Week too, but like, 
even if they wanted to like extend extend the NBA, like if possible, like extend it a couple more weeks, and you know, throw three through to throw a two day bye week, you know, in there, throw a three day bye week, like just where no teams play for two to three days, and like if that can help out with load management, like. I get you said there's no other back to backs and different stuff like that, but like, man, if it's like these guys are really that tired, I don't get why. Like, I don't know. Like, I would love the opportunity to have a play in a full NBA season and kind of see where I feel at the end of it and maybe see, you know, how these guys actually are feeling. But man, I don't know. It just, it sucks. I, I want to see the best players play every night. And, you know, sometimes you don't have those opportunities. Yeah, exactly. But I, I mean, I only threw that up because. If we just say, guys, you have to play, then they'll just come up with, oh, coach, put me down for sore shoulder tonight. It'll just be a little management day masked by a phantom injury. Where if you say, all right, so if you're on the injured list, that means you're missing three games minimum. Now, if it's just you making up something to miss a game, but you planned on playing the following game, now you can't do that. So, I don't know if that's the way you go about it, but I don't even know how that would be received like by that. fans. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say do it three. Probably just do it two. Just be like, hey, you have to. You, if you're if you're injured for a game, like, you know, because the big injuries, like, they'll be if like if you tear your ACL, sorry, you're gone for three months. Like after your three months are up, you can come back when you are ready because you were gone for three months. But for these people who are, you know, I got a I got a I got a stinger. Sorry, like can't play. Like, well, how about you sit out for the next two games and rest it you know feel a little better all right so eric says the nfl has i mean the nfl just needs to get rid of the pro bowl get players bonuses here's how the nba can control load management the nba needs to tell teams they can only rest one player per game for example golden state came to cleveland and sat out all of their top players that night I like that, I mean, that, you know. That's fair, yeah. I, I, I like that, you know. If you have like LeBron, AD, all them, it's like, sorry, Anthony Davis, you can rest. LeBron has to play, and vice versa. You know, I like that. You know, for Golden State's a perfect example. Like, Clay Thompson is taking a rest day. Sorry, Steph Curry. Sorry, Draymond. Sorry, Jordan Poole. Like, get out there. Vice versa. But I, but like I said before, but if you tried to do that, and let's it's say Draymond gets the rest day. But if yeah. you list like Steph Curry with knee knee pain, or yeah, the same like thing happens. Clay Thompson, like, can you really like police that and say, um, no, only Draymond can sit tonight, where other guys could have lingering injuries? But I do think that is kind of on the path to something there. Rest one. I, I really do like the idea of them sitting out at like an extra game or so. You know, if that does happen. It's like, again, it does it, it does bring up the same thing. Like, you know, these people are paying a lot of money. Like if you buy your tickets in advance and, you know, Curry takes a rest day on Sunday, you bought your tickets for the game on Wednesday a month yeah. ago. Yeah. And it's like, well, he's out. Well, there's two chances that doesn't happen. So it's going to be a hard thing to perfect. I don't think it's going to be one of those things that they're going to be able to, like, figure out to a T. But it'll be interesting. I hope, I hope, I hope it gets figured out just for the fans' sake more than anything. Yeah, um, I think another competition to get back to the All Star Weekend that I feel like could use a little bit of a tweak is the skills competition. Yeah. Look, I love Giannis. Giannis is one of the more entertaining guys in the league, but watching 
the Nassus and Alex brick shots in the shooting portion of the skills yep. competition. I feel like we got to do something about that. Like I like, I feel like we should just abolish it. How like the rookies having a team? Maybe I you just like find that. another family. And I mean, the holidays there's three brothers. Throw them out there a couple of times. Find some guys who are cousins. Throw them together. Throw together a random threesome. I don't know. Just do something. I don't. I don't need to see the Nassus and Alex. Or, 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 I'm sorry. Get rid of this stupid team crap. Make it actual player v player again. Like, do it how where you had two one peeper. We had one. You had two players each side of the court running back and down. Because like, you see people pull half court shots trying to win that challenge. You know, it's a race. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you put why they got away from that format. Yeah, they had a lot of brothers in the league and thought it'd be fun. I don't know. Um, I, I I do not like the skills challenge now. I don't like any sense of any of it. Um, I think it was all boring. Nobody was really trying 100% in all of it. Didn't seem like really a lot of the people who were in the skills challenge were wanting to be there. Um, it seemed like it ended abruptly. I was like, oh, the Jazz team won? That was it? Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's the skills challenge. Um, no, bring it back. Give me like, give us like the eight-player tournament, you know? Give them like $500,000. Give them a bonus. Make it worth it. I know if you put money on the line, these players are going to compete for it. Like, I'm sorry. If you tell like... A NBA players like, hey, you want to compete on this in the skills challenge like how it was before for five hundred thousand dollars. I I imagine you'll get some pretty talented NBA players probably being like, you know, five hundred thousand dollars doesn't sound so bad. Mm -hmm. And it's not even like they got players who wanted to do it. Exactly. The big men versus, you know, small. And I thought that was fine, too, seeing uh, DeMarcus Cousins running a skills competition against whatever guard, guard like, yeah. yeah i thought it was entertaining and the big men wanted to beat the guards to show them that i know hey, and it, wasn't it like wasn't it like demontis sabonis who won one year and it was like this man's like 610 like and he's draining threes beating you guys in the skills competition like that 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 is skillful right and i mean if you got away from it i'm sure Giannis would do the skills competition so we should get Giannis in that aspect and you know if he's there the brothers will at least be on the side and yeah if you want to do his brothers if you want to do his brothers throw all three of them in there i'm sorry you cannot tell me that they would not mind competing against each other in a skills competition like they're brothers they played basketball i'm sorry like if then if the nasus wanted to face you face Giannis in the second round of the skills comp i find that'd be pretty interesting mm -hmm. yeah rather than them all competing on a team and not trying well i think they were trying i just think the nasus and alex they just can't shoot that's I feel like they were trying one. on the past one. Well, it seemed like, a, like for example, like Jordan Clarkson, like it seemed like he was walking in his first drill. Like he didn't care. Like Colin Sexton really wasn't trying towards the end. And it was like, what are you guys doing? Like, why'd you agree to be on the team? Like, I imagine they could have probably found some other Utah players who wanted to do it. Yeah, Clarkson came across like, I'm too cool for this. And I didn't understand that at all, but. I'm yeah, not I Jordan Clarkson, you know, maybe, maybe he had his reasons, but uh, I do think that's one competition that they could definitely tweak. I would say, I mean, like you said, if they went back to the old format, I'd be fine with it. Agreed. Yeah. I, 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 I like that format. 
And like, yeah. it doesn't even have to be like the same thing. Like, just keep the player versus player aspect of it. And you can change the skills comp, change the obstacle course. You can do so many different things to make it like interesting and like a lot more challenging. Not even a lot more challenging every year, but like, you know, I think it would be cool if you. I think it'd be cool if you had like a challenge where like you had like a little dribble obstacle course and you had to get them through it. Like not their stupid little wide players that they're literally taking two dribbles to step around and like they go the wrong direction the first time anyway. So it's like you're telling them to go back. It's like there's there's a lot of things you could do to perfect it. Like, man, like make them pull up from half court one year and like, I'm sorry, you don't move on until you hit a half court shot. That, That would be very funny. Mm-hmm. To see, like, you know, a center trying to hit, drain a half court <laughs> shot. Like, I think fans yeah. would love to watch that. And if he hit it, everyone would be going crazy. Like, I'm sorry, if you put like Walker Kessler in the skills challenge and he pulls up from half court and <laughs> drains a three, Utah would have been going more wild. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, so now, <laughs> we had a we had a good three point competition once again. Yeah, we had. Some names in there, Tatum, Damian Lillard. You had some guys that maybe don't pay attention a lot to, like Kevin Herter, first chance to really perform. I mean, he didn't do well, but first chance for probably a lot of fans to see him. You know, you had Randall, who I still say was probably the odd selection to replace Simons, but... Yeah. you know how these NBA yeah, players, players are. You probably look, they probably saw like because you got to you got to remember Laurie was already in it, Dame was already mm-hmm. in it, and it was like Jaw seems like he's too cool for anything that isn't the All Star game. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he had already two players in it. I'm pretty sure LeBron wasn't going to do it. Gian- Giannis would have been funny to see in it, but <laughs> I he had his wrist injury, right. so he really wasn't going to do too much in it. Um, man, you had options. I I mean. De'Aaron Fox didn't want to do it. You know, he only played like nine minutes of the All-Star game. I find it hard he wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been in the three-point contest for funsies. Mm-hmm. Or even like, you know, you could have got like any good rate. Seemed like he I mean, you didn't even have to throw anybody like that in, into like, for example, like you have other NBA players that I'm pretty sure you could have had hop on a plane and they would have been there mm-hmm. like in a couple of days notice. Like, I know a lot of people were like asking for where's Utah Watanabe at? He was shooting 48% for three. Like, invite yeah. this man. Why not? Like, yeah. What what did, what happens? Like you threw Kevin Herter and Julius Randle in there. Like throw some other no names. We saw what Mac McClung did. Like he wasn't a big name stay for a lot of people, and like he went crazy in that dunk contest. Now a lot of people know who he is. Yeah, exactly. But um, but yeah. So Dame wins the three point contest. I mean, Dame just he just got hot. The yep. The ball that's a little bit further back is right in his wheelhouse. So yeah, I love the comments. Like, like, like when he was shooting the other racks, they're like, "That's too close. That's too close." And when he was getting to like the starry ball, it was like, "That's his range," and he just hits all of them. Yeah. yeah. So that competition, you know, it's always fine. They always get big names who want to do it. I feel. Yeah, I feel like the three-point contest is always, like, you know what you're getting out of it every year. Like, you know what to expect. Like, there's not any unpredictability like a dunk contest or a skills challenge where you don't know what's really going to happen. Like, the three-point contest, you know what's happening. Like, they're shooting threes. Like, yeah. they added they added the deep-range balls, which I thought were perfect. I, I don't hate that at all. I like them giving us a full money rack as well, too, which has been a thing for a little bit. But I like all of it. I think the three-point contest is, like, one of those contests you could have literally every year and no one's going to complain and everyone's going to watch yep but then get to the man of the man of the night 
Mac McClung. Yes, sir. You know, came into this dunk contest. A lot of people were looking at it as, oh, Trey Murphy, Jericho Sims. Um, Kenyon Martin Jr. Kenyon Martin Jr. And then this G League guy, Mac McClung. Like, who, who's going to watch this? Well, Mac McClung, he did his thing. You know, if you remembered him when he was in high school, he was a YouTube yep. sensation for his dunking ability. And all we saw was he hasn't lost the thing because he's still creative. He still has crazy hops. And there's actual dunks that I saw him do on YouTube that he hasn't shown yet that if he were to do that next year, he'd get a 50 easily. So I'm glad he committed to next season. Now it's going to be who's willing to get into it with him. So for Agreed. you, what would be your dream for some to go up against Mac McClung next year? So if I had to choose, if I had to choose three other people for him to go against, um, man, I... Zion's been talking about it, you know. He at least he would didn't pull a jaw move and was like, "I need a billion likes before I do it." Like, okay, but no one likes you anyways. But, but uh, Zion was talking about doing it, so you know, I'd like to. See if, if he's a possibility, then yes, I will throw Zion in there. Like that would be very funny having Mac McClung and Zion Williamson go up against each other in the dunk contest final. Like, just imagine that picture of them standing next to each other going into that final round. That'd be right, hilarious. Right. Yeah. But uh, I put, man, let's have Zion. Um, I mean, just uh, anyone, anybody who could, anybody who is willing to try, anyone who's willing to do anything new. I guess I can't really give you specific guys because there's so many great dunkers out there. Because mm-hmm. um, endgame dunks are nothing compared to what you can do in the NBA dunk crawl star, like the NBA dunk contest. And I think a lot of people get that confused. Like, they're doing stuff that you can't get a lot of the times in open lane. So like putting the best in game dunkers might not even be the best thing to do in a sense, but overall, yeah, just the best performers, people who are wanting to try, like, for example, Mac McClung was like, I will be back to defend this. If you guys have me, like people who are willing to like come back and, you know, work on the craft, if you take it seriously, because obviously he took it seriously and he was like, I'm willing to do it again. Like, I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if Zion wants to get into it, I mean, Pelicans fans would probably don't want to hear that because they just want to see him get through a season healthy. And last thing they would no, need like, is for him to don't hurt your hamstring. Stuff. Right, hurt a hamstring and tweak a knee or something. But I would love to see that. I mean, I feel like this Morant thing is just him leading up to probably just doing it one year, but he just wants to build all this noise for himself. Yeah, when he was like I mean, thirty, when he's like like in his like thirties, and you know the Grizzlies just <laughs> held like two bad seasons in a row, and he needs to up his name again. I feel like there's gonna be a lot of pressure on him to get into it now because Mac is coming back. He put on a great show. All right, Josh, if you want to do one, do one next year. Um, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Aaron Gordon do it again. I thought he was exactly entertaining. Oh, I feel like Levine. Well, I mean, I mean, Levine has had an injury history, but yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing that either. Uh, got a message here. What's good, people? This is the Handsome Podcast. John Morant is better than Jordan for real. All right. <laughs> Appreciate that, Kevin. Um, so yeah, I, I really hope that because McClung put on such a show. Now there's a lot of heat behind the contest that big name guys will want to be in the next year. Uh, I mean, 
I thought, to be fair, I what Murphy they shouldn't do, though, what they shouldn't do, though, is don't be afraid to shy away from getting these G League guys back. Like, if Absolutely. there is a guy in the G League who is like, I will do this dunk contest and he can be good, by all means, let the dude create a name for himself if no one else is willing to step up. Like, they tried it with Derek Jones Jr., and it wasn't really as a success. But, like, Mac McClung was just, like, one of those ones that they hit, like, gold on. And, like, you know... He's he he is now on the seven like he did. This is not the reason he is on the 76ers roster. It's because he also played well in the G League. But, you know, him now being playing a two way contract, being on that 76ers, he's going to get a lot of eyes looked at him now, like a lot more than if he was just, you know, signed and played five, six minutes. Now it's like the NBA slam dunk contest is playing like eight, nine, ten minutes with the 76ers tonight. So it makes it a little more interesting. Like it definitely puts some name value on him because like. Mac McClung, like we said, huge high school YouTube sensation, but really didn't work super well in college, didn't work super well in the NBA. And it's like his name value's kind of been lowed. And it's like he won the dunk contest. So his name value is probably the highest it's ever been, probably since high school. So it's like he's cre- been able to create a name for himself, another opportunity in the NBA. Like I imagine he's getting tons of sponsors. He's getting tons of just opportunities because he won that dunk contest. Like, Definitely, that probably was definitely, like, I wouldn't say, like, life-changing, but it definitely did a lot for him, I imagine. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. If, if there's a G League guy who wants to get in there, I feel like because of Mac McClung, I, I feel like the NBA would be more open to it. People, hey, if people, hit, like, if, even if you want, make, make, if you, if you, if you have a guy, of course, make, like, a G League person, like, a, not, I wouldn't say a requirement, but, like, you know, make them have one of them three spots. Yeah, I mean, I'm not against that. If it's as long as somebody who wants to be in it, I'm all exactly. Yeah, I'm like as long as like as long as like you you know like you you're good enough to be in it and you want to be in it. Like, just don't throw a random G League dude in there who's like, I can dunk a little bit. Right. Like, that's just gonna get him cut from the G League. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, But now, All Star Game's over with. Gotta wait a whole another year until they're in uh, this Indianapolis next year. And got a question. Where's Jordan? Dude cracks me up. Also, when he says things that are slightly off, it just works. I find him entertaining. Well, Jordan is taking care of something this week. He will be back next week. It's just Dylan and myself this week. But uh, appreciate you tuning in, Kevin. Um, so yeah, now with the All Star Game over with, the buyout market has begun. You know, we've seen Kevin Love. He's going to the Heat. Patrick Beverly going home to the Bulls. I mean, that, that one, I guess. And then okay. Westbrook looks like he's going to join the, Cl- the, Clippers. the Clippers. So I'm not going to throw Beverly in there, but between Westbrook and Love, who do you think probably brings more to their, their new situation? Uh, I, I'm just going to have to say Love. Um, nothing against Westbrook. It seems like, you know, uh the clippers you know traded for highland um still got terrence Mann on the roster and it's like i wouldn't say there's a log jam at guards but where does westbrook fit because it seems like they say he fits as a starter and it's like well does he it's like what what is your really what is your plan with this roster because it's like paul george and Kawhi, as great of scorers as they are aren't really known for being the lead scorer maybe paul george more in a sense than Kawhi, but like these guys aren't really known for dropping 40 a night and being your main scorer, you know, um, neither is Westbrook anymore. Um, mm-hmm. It seems like it's going to be very interesting. I, I do like the chemistry aspect between 
uh, Russell Westbrook and Paul George, even when Paul George was in OKC, it didn't really seem like they ever had an issue. It's just, you know, Paul George knew his time was probably up there and he had an opportunity to play with Kawhi. So he jumped on it. Um, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm going to say love because it seems like, you know, this team was in talks for love with a while that they, they kind of knew what they wanted. Um, they need, they need forward depth very much as well too. love kind of fits in them with that system. He's going to be able to stretch up the floor something that Miami does lack when it comes to that four four position that just their bigs in general. Um, Plus, he's going to be a leader with, you know, championship mentality. You know, Kevin Love's got a couple of rings to him. So overall, it's going to be I think it's just overall like he doesn't bring any, you know, locker room drama. Westbrook was known as being, you know, someone who had some locker room drama before he left L.A. Um, and now going back to a different L.A. team. Kevin Love was kind of that guy who was just like, you know, I play for, you know, this young up and coming team. I'm just waiting to get bought out. And now he was bought out. And I don't imagine like. He has a massive dip in skills because he left the Cavaliers. I think I think he'll be just fine. I think Kevin Love was probably the smartest pickup out of. Well, no, I wouldn't say the best pickup out of this buyout market, but it's probably one of the better pickups out of the buyout market, especially with his like leadership. Especially since he's been in these championship experiences, especially championship experiences and the East too. So mm-hmm. he gets he he gets what you're going up against. He knows a lot of the people you're going up against in the playoffs because he's played them before himself too. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a lot more interesting. Uh, I think Westbrook probably has the potential to be better. You know, Russell Westbrook's that dude who could get you 20, 20, and 20 just randomly because that's what Russell Westbrook does some nights. Um, um, he has, he definitely has the potential just because of how well he can get triple doubles, how well he can get his stats. But overall, he's a big of a question mark because of his time with the Lakers because of you don't really know how he's going to fit with this Clippers offense. Plus, you don't really know what's kind of – happening with the Clippers of course they're playing well but it's like you know not everyone's playing all the time and different things like that so I think Kevin Love's smarter for now but Westbrook definitely would have the more potential to be better right um let me answer this question here so Shardal Gupta hopefully I said that correctly thoughts on the 2023 NBA All-Star game we literally just finished that but just to recap we feel like the skills competition needs to go back to the old format kind of done with seeing team Antetokounmpo and all that the all-star game we'd like to see more effort and if it's not going to happen then go to a three-on-three two-v-two whatever tournament instead of the game three-point contests we know what we're going to get love that and the dunk contest because of Mac McClung's success leave a spot open for a G League guy if they want to be in it but since Mac McClung's coming back next year, need a field of guys that want to do it and want that challenge to go up against Mac McClung. That's basically everything wrapped up for you. Um, who are your favorite teams from the USFL? Oh, man. Uh, oh, man. Yeah, I don't even know who's up. anyone on the roster. <laughs> I don't know how anything in the USFL is going, to be completely honest with you. Right. I was kind of wondering when I first saw it, if they meant the X didn't they just have like their draft today though i'm pretty sure they had their, their i'm pretty sure they had their draft today if i'm not wrong like if i'm pretty the sure case, they had their then, college draft if that's the case then uh i would say shardall uh tune in next week that way we can actually dive into the usfl draft and then i'd probably have an answer for this question so i'll say seattle that has a team how many teams are there is there only eight as well 
Birmingham, New Jersey, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Memphis, Houston, Pittsburgh, Michigan. Oh, man. Normally, I would just go go Seattle. But, yeah, I would say come back next week. Let me do some research on the rosters. Let me see if there's what players I know the most of, and I'll just go with that one. Right. Yeah, so like I said, shout all. Tune in next week. We'll, we'll definitely have an answer for that question. Uh, so with the buyout stuff, now I – I think Westbrook to the Clippers, I feel like that might be a good situation. You know, I guess he's basically supposed to fill the John Wall role since they moved John Wall out to Houston and get back to him in a couple seconds. But I do like Kevin Love in Miami. You know, I I, I do wish Miami found an upgrade for Kyle Lowry. I've been saying that for weeks. But John Wall? Man. Could happen, but if you're if you're gonna roll out a lineup at times with like Adebayo in the middle, Love at the four, Butler at the three, you know Hero at the two, and then I guess Lowry I guess or Lowry Vincent at the one, at the one, that's not a bad lineup for the East. I mean, you could even put Love as a small ball five to give Adebayo a quick breather, and you know kind of I it gives seven. Them, I mean, it just gives them another guy on that team that, you know, can knock down a three. He could still rebound. He still has the great outlet passes. You know, Miami's not much of a running team, but those few opportunities, he he definitely could fit in there. Like I said, I'm not going to talk about Beverly, you know. He's not going to do Not going to the Warriors to go to the Chicago. (laughs) Although Chicago is going to need him now with Lonzo being shut down. And I guess that's true, but it's like, congrats, Pat Bev. You're gonna try to win the chip in the play-in again. You know, you got you gotta be you gonna be a tenth seed and win your first matchup and think you move, you you NBA championship ready again. Like, I mean, shout out to him. I mean, he wanted to play in his hometown, so right. fair enough. All right, I, can, <laughs> I can respect that. I can respect that. All right, so Just, I have if you want thoughts on Tatum. Yeah, I I, I wanted I wanted to know how you feel. You're the Celtics fan here, so. I mean, I hey. I already know about Tatum when it comes to anything that deals with Kobe Bryant. You know, it's the Kobe Bryant all-star MVP. Tatum is down. Yeah, he said, I need to get me one of them. I mean, he just released a new shoe. What better way to advertise it than drop 55 in an all-star game? Now, of course, you'd like to see if he would have done it with a little bit more effort defensively against them. But, I mean, I thought it was fun. You know, he induced... They had a lot of fun over All-Star break. I had no problem with it, you know. I did I did like the fact that Jalen Brown, who hasn't played the past few games, played in the All-Star game because he has to wear that mask and he was trying to see, like, how comfortable he would be with it. And I felt like using that for the All-Star game, perfect opportunity because he dropped, like, 35 and he looked comfortable with it on. So I'm more optimistic coming out of the break how he'll look, you know, with the mask on. Uh, Eric, do you guys think the XFL last? And yes, the USL, USFL draft was today. I appreciate that, Eric. Yeah, so like we said, we'll talk about the USFL, I guess, next week. So that way we get a chance to see the draft and everything. And then we can answer Shadal's question at the same time next week as to who our favorite teams would be. Because I'm interested to see, you know, who got drafted to what teams. Yeah, do you but, think the XFL will last? Uh, yeah, I mean, as of now, I, I want to stay optimistic. I don't mm-hmm. want to say no because, you know, 
I this 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 XFL has a little bit of different vibe than you know even when they try to bring it back under the Vince McMahon leadership. Like even then, I didn't really feel like it was gonna work. But yeah, um, overall, yeah. whereas this one, seems yeah, like... it, it, it seems it seems like something's gonna go wrong here. But like this XFL seems like it has a little bit of promise. I mean, the first week I wouldn't say was a bad week. I would say it would be a, overall a pretty successful week. It was talked about, you know, they had, a, I would say, good media coverage you know, on it. I think the big moments were talked about and different things like that. So as of now, you know, if it can keep, keep up this pace and they can find different ways to get more people to view it, especially with it not being NFL season. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think it has the, the opportunity to last, but I have to see more weeks for sure. Uh, so, Eric, I mean, since you threw the question out there, let us know, do you think it will last, if not? Um, but, I mean, that's all I had for NBA, unless there's some story I'm missing. And if not, I guess we go to the basketball I mean, reference. But... What, the, what, the Nets coach got extended? Jack Vaughn? Yes, that's right, that's right. Hey. He did. Yeah, he got – I mean, I, I'm happy for him. I, Good, yeah. It, it would have been very easy for – the Nets to be like, oh, we don't have KD, we don't have Kyrie, run out the season, fire him to bring in a new guy to go with this new group. But I, I think he deserves the opportunity yeah. with this new uh, version of the team. Agreed. I think I think with all that KD and Kyrie situation, he was kind of like, I don't I don't care, just let me coach. And you know, this team is still doing good. You know, I imagine the Nets will probably, at minimum, make the play in um, if they don't make the playoffs itself. So. All right, so Shadow says, my favorite USFL team is the Pittsburgh Maulers because I'm a big fan of Bailey Gaither who played for San Jose State. All right, that's cool. Like I said, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it next week because I, I, I kind of want to pick a favorite team as well. Yeah, I was reading some of the draft results and you know, there were some different, at least at least because it was their college draft. Um, there's definitely some interesting names on there. Definitely a lot of names I know for sure. Okay, yeah. I'm definitely uh, happy to talk about that one next week. But now we've gone through, we've gone through everything. It's gonna be our first chance to try out this basketball reference. You know, usually it'd be to test you know Jordan, Dylan, and Jake. We just have Dylan, so we're gonna see how well he does. You know, you guys in the chat, if you have a guess as well, throw it out there, and we'll see who can figure it out. So I'll pull up the reference right here. Oh, shout out chimes in again. I hope the Pittsburgh Malls get the first pick in the USFL draft. Do you know, if you don't mind commenting, do you know what date that is? Because, uh, yeah, I, I do see that their college draft finished like 20, like 10. Like they're still going maybe right now. So they're going to do another draft outside of the. Yeah, this one, this one's going to. So this, this one is like all the players like who basically probably weren't declaring for the draft or going to make the draft. They they uh, have a little college draft for them. And then uh, they're going to have one of, like, former pros and different things like that as well, too. Because okay. this well, this first draft, the college draft is only 10 rounds. So you mm -hmm. only get, you know. Oh, I gotcha, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, I guess Shardall or Eric, since you guys have been kind of tapped with the USFL, let us know when the USFL draft is, and we'll definitely make sure to talk about it that week as well. But, yeah, so here we go. Basketball reference. So basically what this is, this is a, I guess, like a blind resume of a certain player in the league. Dylan, 
see if you can figure out who the player is. So they got started 2009-2010. They they missed their first year. They had a run with the Clippers. Oh, I already got it. Already got it. Already got it. I saw that all star. I saw that all star. I saw that all star. And I know (laughs) this man. He only an all star with the Pistons. And I remember this season very well. It's that boy Blake Griffin. It's that boy Blake Griffin. It is Blake Griffin. Yes. Yeah. I I mean, just looking at it, it it did confuse me. I saw that Clippers and I was like, man, Brooklyn and Boston, that's kind of throwing me off. And I was like, let me scroll up. And then I saw that 20 little 18, 19 season all-star. And I was like, man, who was an all-star on the Pistons at that time? Wasn't drumming. If he was, he wasn't an all-star then. So I had to be one person. It was Blake Griffin. Okay. All right. So that one I felt like was the easy one. So the now amount of trap see. houses he could have bought with that contract. <laughs> All right, so let me see if I can pull up the other one. I'm trying to see how do I switch them. All right. All right. Hopefully this is right. Oh, it went away. Oh, I got to pull up again. Well, while I'm trying to get the other one to come up, Shala has another good question. Top five players, players of all time. Your top five MVP players. Oh, that's tough. Um, I I think I think you can't have a list without you know your LeBron Jordan. Like those those will always kind of be the arguments. Um, gotta think. I'm a big Shaq fan, so okay. My 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 foster dad he really got me pretty big on Shaq, so I definitely I definitely am a big Shaq guy. Um, it's tough. You know, you have you, I like put I I do think championships matter in a sense, and I would like putting Bill Russell up there. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What about you, Kyle? Who's your top five? I'm trying to think it over. So for me. I usually go, I go Jordan, I go LeBron, I go, maybe Chamberlain three. Okay. Uh, I'm also one who kind of likes to show respect to Bill Russell, so I'd probably go Bill Russell. Then... At five, I'd probably go. I'd probably go Kobe at five, just to quickly get a five out there. Yeah, I man, I probably have probably LeBron. You know, LeBron Michael. Um, my third probably I probably might be probably that's probably where I just dropped Bill Russell in because I I'm a big championship guy type of guy. Probably have my fourth maybe a Shaq. Fifth could be anywhere between, like, if you wanted to put Kobe, you wanted to put Larry Bird, you wanted to put Magic. Like, that fifth, fourth spot, like, you can just run a mill of different players because they have different accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. Kobe, Kareem, Jordan, Shaq, LeBron. Not a bad list at all. Yeah. You you really have to, like... There's quite a few players you could have in your top five that at least would make sense. Shout like once five. you get past like LeBron and like Jordan, oh, LeBron and Jordan, it's kind of like you could really pick like a bunch of people here, and 
it's very respectable choice. Right. All right. I'll try and get this screen share to work. I don't know why it stopped working all of a sudden. I was like, it was too good. I got Blake Griffin too easily. It was like, I mean, you might have to be prepared for this. It was like, because I did the share screen, the windows were there, then now they just disappeared randomly. And they won't come back. All right. If I can't figure out in the next couple of minutes, I guess we'll end on that one. And I'll have others for next week. I mean, start off. If you have more questions, keep firing them off. You know, got a few minutes here. All right, here we go. Well, what were your thoughts on LeBron James broke Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record? I right, so nice if they won the game. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, that definitely would have would have helped. Also, if the Lakers are having a better season. But for me, you know, it, it speaks to LeBron's longevity. We know all about his regimen, how much money he puts into his body, all that. It's a, it's, that's basically the fruits of that labor there. Now, I was not one of those who thought just because he broke the scoring record that all of a sudden he was the GOAT because, like I said, that's more of a longevity thing. And if you look at it, you know, since Jordan is the GOAT to me, like Jordan averaged 30 a game, LeBron averages like 27 a game. So Jordan was still the better scorer on average. And, you know, Jordan's career was, what, 13 seasons? 13, 14 years, whereas LeBron's going 20, could be 21, 22, who knows? So it speaks to his longevity and the way that the modern athlete definitely takes care of their body way better than athletes before them. But, you know, I thought I thought it was a cool moment. You know, he hit the little fadeaway. And, I mean, everybody seemed happy except for Anthony Davis. But, um yeah, I, I thought it was a cool moment with Kareem actually being at the game made it even cooler. So, yeah, I thought I liked all the cool. memes. I liked all the memes with Kareem drinking his little drink, and it was just like <laughs> I didn't lose to the Thunder when I broke the record. Right. I, um, I, I, I have to agree with you. I think it really speaks to LeBron's overall longevity and it just like you know how how much he does put into this game. I think like regardless of who your goat is and regardless of you know you can talk about LeBron's championship records. So regardless, maybe if Michael played an extra six years, he could have had a couple of losses on there. You never know, and that's just LeBron's path. He chose to play longer. He could have retired sooner, and you know it be what it be, but he chose not to. And I don't have any sort of hate towards it. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm a big type of guy though. I like playing equal is fair. I didn't, I wasn't a big fan of like the huge ceremony that they had after he broke it. Mm -hmm. Like, and that was just me personally. A lot of people liked it and I get why you like it. I'm not hating it by any means. It is what it is. It happened. But like, I didn't think it was fair for the thunder and the thunder won the game, which I find even more funnier. Um, overall, I mean, like it's a big moment. I mean, it's not every day where you know, one of these long-standing records just get passed. It's not every day where something like that happens. And regardless of the record, if it was the assist record and, you know, someone else broke it, it it's still a milestone regardless. And I think it just, again, speaks to his longevity. It, it, it speaks to, you know, like you said, he puts all this time and effort into, like, make sure his body and stuff is right. But also, like, just imagine his, like, mental, like, you know, being able to be wanting to play this game that long. He obviously has a love for it, like... That's pretty undying. And, you know, a lot of people, I won't say it's like this for a lot of NBA players or, but there is a group of NBA players or a good sum of NBA players that, you know, just lose their love for the game. And 
after 10, 11 seasons, they don't really want to play it anymore. And it just LeBron's going in there in and out, like regardless of how you feel about him, regardless of how, what you feel about what he says, he still comes in there and plays basketball. Um, you know, you can say what you can say about his load management, whatever you can say him taking some injury days off here and there, whatever. But overall, I mean, he's 17 years, 17 years. Is it 17th season in the NBA no, or how far is he in? He's a 20. No, it's 20. Man, see, even see uh, longer than I've even expected. Yeah, I guess that's right. 2002. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. like just overall, it just talks about his longevity. I mean, not a lot of people play 20 years in the NBA at at the top level that LeBron does. And that speaks volumes, you know, regardless of who your goat is, regardless of anything, like at the end of the day, you can't be like LeBron isn't one of the best players ever to touch a basketball. Like he's definitely going to be in that echelon and he has the records to prove it, regardless of what you think of his time in the finals and his record in the finals. There's so many great legends that haven't even won a finals. Exactly. And I did get the screenshot to work, so we can't do the next two. But uh, Shardell says, when Steph Curry broke Ray Allen's record, it was one of the greatest moments I will ever remember as a Warriors fan. Mm. That's true. And that same way when Ray Allen broke Reggie Miller's record, it was a really great moment. I mean, it's crazy how, you know, those three have been so intertwined because of the three-point shot. But, yeah, that the Steph Curry one was a great moment. And happening in Madison Square Garden as well, made it a bigger deal as as well oh yeah i think it was also important because like when you look at the modern nba if you think of the person who kind of like centralized the three-point shot in today's nba who's the first person you think of steph curry and then so it's like yeah, for him breaking absolutely. a record that like just big it was just like you know seemed to call it all came to first full circle it's like you're the one that kind of made the three-point shot hot like what you were doing just running pulling up from three it was like it, we've seen some things like that before but no one was doing it as consistent as he was. And it was like, you know, when Curry started going crazy and getting his MVP seasons and stuff like that, that's kind of really where we saw the three-pointer just like start booming. And like everyone wanted to do that. Those Warriors teams with Clay Thompson. And it was like, seemed to break that record. Seemed really big. And, you know, it definitely will go down as one of like, I wouldn't say one of the bigger records broken, of course, because, you know, that the scoring record will always be big. Every record will be big when it bro- was broken. But like, those are one of those records that you're like, man that's like it, it puts a smile on your face like you really popularized you made this popular and you're like well let's beat the record too and how fast he did it was amazing as well mm-hmm. uh eric brings up a good point the new xfl has the best business plan in comparison to other spring leagues i've done a lot of research for prep for my podcast and that's definitely going to be a major part of them succeeding or not the fact that their business plan as you said is the best compared to other leagues I mean that's definitely a step ahead of those other leagues as well. So I'm I'm here for it. I hope it is a success, but we'll see. Because each week we'll have to see how the ratings do and all that. Because that's going to play a major part as well. Um, Shardall with another question. All right, so Shardall, I feel like you would appreciate cheap seats on Monday as well. Because questions like this would be perfect for that show. Um, I'll save this one for after the basketball reference one. We'll probably end the show on that one. And I mean, Charlotte, like I said, if you want to keep throwing some out there, we'll definitely work them into next week or, you know, cheap seats, whatever. So the next player for you, Dylan, here we go. Started 13-14 okay. with the Pistons. 
then went to the Lakers in 17-18, to the Wizards 21-22, and then the Nuggets 22-23. So, it's not a big scorer. Washington to Denver is a little interesting. Started in L.A. We'll start in Detroit. 2013 Detroit. That's a little interesting. Um, so, Chad, man. if any of you know who this player is, go ahead and He's throw out a guess. He's 29 right now. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Huh. Who did the Pistons take? It's a shooting guard. So Charlotte says I really love how interactive, how interactive this show is. I appreciate it. Appreciate that. Yeah, we tr- we try to be as interactive as possible. Absolutely. It's definitely it's definitely nice when we get the comments because we try to get it as fast as we can. Yep. Twenty thirteen. Oh man, Pistons. I could man, be when I think Wash, when I, I think, think Washington, ah man, no, I think I can get this. Okay. The, the, there's a couple of guys that come to mind. Um, man, that Washington Denver. I'm just trying to think. That seems like a very. That seems like where shooting guards go a lot. Is like they go from Washington to Denver or vice versa. But I think I think I think I feel I think I know who it is, and I might sound stupid, but is it Katapius Caldwell Pope? It absolutely is contagious. Okay, I would. I saw Piston <laughs> shooting guard, and I was like, I, I feel like that's where he was drafted. And then I remembered that he just recently went to the Nuggets. And I was like, how long ago did he play for the Wizards? Was that last year? I'm just going to have to go with it. Okay, so you're, you're two for two. Um, I have one more for you. Oh, man, this is going to be the rough one, isn't it? I man, mean, his points. You, 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 might be, you, you might be his, good. His points, his points were throwing me off. I was like, man, who's who's averaging eleven points a game that I'm gonna know? It's really the teams that help me. Right. Uh, let's see. All right. So there's the next one. All right. So this one, I, I'm confident in you in this one as well. Okay, I'm ready. Loading. Okay. There we go. So there we go. Started in 08-09 with the New Jersey mm-hmm. Nets. They went to Brooklyn. Well, I guess they stayed with Brooklyn with the name change. Went to the Lakers for a year and are now on the Bucks. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. I actually know this one. Uh, this one's actually really easy. Um, It's Brooke Lopez. And it absolutely is Brooke, Brooke Lopez. So there you Man, go. It, you it, it really, what it got me was like that LA season. It was like, I really forgot about that LA season. Like I, mm-hmm. I was thinking I was, I saw the New Jersey and I saw Milwaukee. So Brooke Lopez automatically came to mind. And I was like, did he play for the Lakers? And I forgot he literally had one season where he did play for the Lakers and wasn't actually bad. Like he was yeah. actually okay. But you know, overall, like, yeah, Brooke Lopez. The New Jersey really helped me. The New Jersey right, really right. helped me. And then I saw that all-star season as well. And I was like, he was really good for, like, he was good for the Nets. Like, he was mm-hmm. actually really good for the Nets. So. Okay. So, you went three for three. I'll definitely have three other guys for next week. And like I said, with Jake and Jordan on, 
We'll see how you guys do. Oh, I might have to make it a little bit tougher now because I mean, I mean, the Caldwell Pope one did. did yeah, that one. That one was rough. Class. That one was yeah. that one was rough. Okay. Um, let me start off. Throw out some other. Oh, so Eric said, XFL News Brahma's fire Mike Sheehan. I mean, after one game, they fired a GM. All right. Things move they're, quick. They're not waiting around. Uh, hey, I, I can respect that. Shardoff uh, throughout. Who are your top five quarterbacks? All right, we'll we'll probably save that next week as well. But um, yeah, because we're getting close to two hours now, so we'll wrap it up after after the basketball reference game. And you know, appreciate you guys in the chat, especially Shardoff and Eric. Hopefully, you guys you know hit subscribe on the channel because, like I said, there's a lot of great shows over here and. Also, make sure you tune into us next Tuesday, where we will be, hopefully, full crew. You know, Dylan, myself, Jordan, and Jake. You know, we can probably get back into mock drafting because we haven't done it in a few weeks. So we'll definitely. Do We're getting that. close to combine. We're getting close to yeah. combine and everything like that. So we'll definitely do another one of those next week, and we may. Well, we will have some spring training to talk about. If anything big happens, we'll definitely talk about that on here, but. Uh, XFL and USFL, I will definitely be paying attention Same here. so we can talk about that as well. I'm definitely so, going to finish up reading up that college draft for sure. Absolutely. So before we get out of here, you got any final thoughts, Dylan? Uh, overall, no. I mean, yeah. I mean, just kind of really no big news going on. You know, UFC is kind of just doing, you know, their simple fight nights. But we're getting to the month of March where John Jones is going to return. So that's going to be fun. But overall, I mean, on the UFC news, it's been pretty quiet. Um. Yeah, I'm just excited for March Madness. March and April seems like it's going to be really picking up again for me in sports stuff. Like just as like a UFC fan, as a boxing fan, as like a college basketball fan, and even like I'm starting to really get into these new spring league footballs. So I'm, I'm, it's all, it's all going to start being good. You know, got that little month span after the NFL's over where it kind of seems like a little boring. You don't know what's going on, and then things start to pick up again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's. Uh, it's always it's always good with sports. You know, they used to be kind of a downtime, but now we have the XFL kind of filling that need until baseball kicks off. So I'm definitely loving it. Um, I mean, I still have Premier League that I do watch, which I mean, still is always exciting. But there's always there's always something on that usually tickles your fancy. So, uh, but yeah, like I said, really appreciate Eric and Charles for for real like. I mean, first time you guys were in the chat, at least that I can remember on this show. You guys were great. Hopefully, we'll be back. back next Tuesday, 7 o'clock, and throw more questions out there, more information. We definitely uh, welcome it because, like we said, we want to be interactive with you guys. So we love we love that. Uh, also, it makes our job easier. Yes, absolutely. Also, you know, Kevin, who was in the chat earlier, Coach Dante, Gene, Freddie, uh, Anthony, Brett. Right. You know, appreciate all of you. So until next week, like I said, it'll be all four of us, hopefully. And like I said, we'll hopefully that you guys join us. But this is another Big Three podcast episode of The Book. So until next Tuesday, 7 p.m., we are out. And hopefully you all have a great day. Just enjoy sports going on. Have a good night, everybody. Yep. Good night.